And welcome to a special episode of Epic Loot Radio. We got a roundtable of epic proportions to talk about the news. And I'm very curious as to everybody's thoughts. I could guess a couple of thoughts, but I'm curious to see if we got anything good out of this uh, this week. But let's go ahead and round the, go around the roundtable here and introduce everybody. Let's start with Lono. Thank you so much for uh, jumping over with us today. Who are you and where can people find you? Well, yeah, I'm Lono. Reforge Gaming is the best place to find me on Twitter and on YouTube. And glad to be here. This is it's I haven't done something like this in a while. It's been really tough with the schedule to do some of the podcasts. All right. What about you, J Dub? What's going on, everybody? You guys know where to find me. Um, go on Twitter at JDubCity16. If you want to catch me on YouTube at JDub for you. All right. Kirk. The at Warmer Gray is in my little name tag there. And yeah, check out my YouTube channel. What's new video games. Got some reviews up on the channel that need some love. So go check those out. They need some views real bad. But yeah, I put a lot of effort in those. And you might might find a new game that you might want to try out. And Mark. Hey, everyone. My name is Mark. You could find me at Mark Liberto on Twitter. Nice long Italian name. And late to the game on YouTube. I mean, uh, it's I'm, I'm loud and... I make games too. So that's how I'll describe myself. Yeah, Late so. to the game, first to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. It's all right. Anyway, today we're we're gathered around to talk about what is perhaps the worst handled marketing campaign that they produced <laughs> of this podcast. It was the literal worst case scenario because they didn't tell us anything they confirmed basically everything okay and, thank you i'm so glad that you actually think that oh that yeah so like worried. this was, was so now, worried to be very clear i fully support their vision of games being sure. everywhere right so that like i'm like i think they're making the right moves for the long term but what we got today was dog crap and i'm gonna it's keep it family a friendly as best nothing again. nothing it, burger well not even a nothing burger yeah. oh only four games oh but don't take this as a signal that it's gonna happen you know more games are gonna come bs everybody's gonna take that as a signal that it's that more games are also on the table and there's mm -hmm. no actual announcements for the game that it's going to be so it's still and they were like it's not starfield and it's not uh, indiana jones i could care less because there's a huge catalog and Xbox fans, in my opinion, they didn't get the value trade-off, right? I get it as a player. I like, I'm like, this is this is great for gamers. But for the Xbox fanboy, like the diehard Xbox fanboys out there, what do they get out of this? And I'm I'm anybody, just jump in and cut me off. I'm Italian, so I'll talk over dead air. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. The biggest thing I take from it, and shout out to Tom Warren, he because he he tweeted this out and he was like, Xbox T Phil Spencer doesn't rule out Starfield and Indiana Jones coming to PS5. He doesn't rule it out. Phil Spencer said, I don't, I don't think we should as an industry ever rule out a game going to any other platform. So that begs the question. For one, there's four games that are coming, and those won't be the end all be all. We know there's going to be more. They spent what 20 minutes just talking around in circles about right. nothing. 
yep. they let this stuff fester for about a month where they could easily just did a blog post on xbox.com or you know have another an, another interview with paris lily or some of the other guys right and just kind of come out and just say exactly what it is or hey these are just some of our older games or our smaller games we decided to share no harm no foul but that leads to, to something else is something that's bigger right and that, my worst fear was that they were going to come out here and slowly pull the band-aid off but not totally <laughs> rip it off and that's going to lead to guess what there's going to be a huge cloud over xbox this year every single month every game Hellblade 2, we know it's coming what, in April, May. There's going to be a cloud over that game. There's going to be a cloud on every game that comes out going forward. People are going to potentially say, hey, this, you know, we may get this game in a few months or it may come to PlayStation next year. They never quashed any type of issue in any of the questions that we had. They didn't ask, they didn't answer any of them. I'm well, going to push Indiana's back on that, J-Dub, yeah, because so she I. did yeah. ask him point blank if Starfield or Indiana Jones was going to other consoles, and he looked in the camera and said, no, not. No, okay, well, hang on. Games. No, Congratulations. No, those two games. It was about the four games, though. That was what was slick with yeah. it. It was, it's, it's not, not, Indiana Jones and Starfield is not one of the four games. He's doing interviews with Tom Warren saying, I'm not going to say never, because they're yeah. open to Starfield coming. They yeah. won't, they won't say they're not going to do it. He just said it was such a smart PR move to be like, Oh yeah, the first four games. It's not Starfield and Indy. Well, nobody thought the first four games were going to be Starfield and Indy because it would longer to port those. They're bigger. They're yeah, big. Those weren't even part of the 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 first four game rumors. The first four game mm-hmm. the rumors were Sea of Thieves, which is coming. That's got to be Rush. one of them. Well, I mean, High yeah, Fire Rush. Rush. High Fire Rush was the big one. That was the first one. Yeah. Pentiment potentially, and, and then uh, either I even saw Forza. I even saw Forza being tossed out there. Could so. could be Forza. Could be an unannounced. I think it's grounded. Multiplayer I think game. The, I think it's the fourth game too. is grounded. Grounded yeah. is definitely also a good choice. But guess what? We're here talking about games that we don't know that they could have answered. They wasted yeah. everybody's time. They could answer that, right? We would already know. Yeah, that, 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 we, that we could all be wrong right now, right? Sense. We could all be wrong. And guess what? It could be Forza. It could be Halo multiplayer. It could be Gears. It could be any. We don't know. And guess what? We're going to have to go for the next two weeks, three weeks, yeah. in the next months, talking well, about this. And, guess, I, and that's I, not good I, for Xbox. That's not good for Xbox. I think we'll find out something next week because oh. there was supposed to be a Nintendo Direct this week. And I think Jeff Grubb was out saying that supposedly it's been moved to next week because of the Xbox announcements. I wouldn't be surprised if you see something on that Direct next month or soon from Nintendo talking about a hi-fi Russian pentiment. And I also think how they phrased that question, Lono, it was very slick how we said those four games. It was slick. But I also think it's indicative of the type of business model behind the games they're considering. The two small games, it's definitely easily Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment. Those are small games that can live better on other platforms to get more players to experience them. But the larger games, probably, he referenced community focus, you know, creator focus. So I think to me, Halo could be it, but I do think it's Sea of Thieves and Grounded, and that seems to be what the reports are hinting at now. And honestly, I I think that makes sense for those games because once they get another release on more platforms, then the player is going to increase again and gives them some more life, and maybe they have some updates coming down the road too. Right. Is Grounded I, still in early access? No, it officially hit so. 1.0, didn't it? Yeah. The yeah, only yeah. thing I, I wanted to push back on what J Dub said just a teeny bit when you're like, they didn't answer anything. Uh, we got to give them some credit. They did firmly day and dates continuing for mm-hmm. first party. Yeah. That was okay. a huge question mark for people. And they did 
definitely say, Sarah Bond said, the next-gen console is going to be the biggest leap. So they're confirming they're making another console that will be high-end. And those were two big questions. So I was like, okay, they did answer that. But I'm with you, Jay. They wasted a ton of time saying nothing but PR Corpo nothing. It was like it was the most non-Phil Spencer I've ever seen Phil Spencer yeah. be. It was I felt like he was nervous. It felt awkward. He, felt, like, yeah. he looked like he's been beaten up. And maybe he was sick, right? Like, because, like, yeah. you know, go ahead, Jay. Let me ask you this. Okay. They say that now. And see, and this is the, this is the credibility problem that Phil and, and those other executives have built up over time. What they say today, right? Like, we're going to try, and we've attempted to do this in the past. We've attempted to hold them to their words for that day and that time that going forward, this is how it's going to be just six months down the line for them to tell us something different. I'll reverse back a year from a year from now when Sarah Bun came out and said, these are the 12 games that you're going to be playing in the next 12 months. Well, and we only got like three of those games, right? The rest of them got canceled or delayed or for whatever reason. And they came out and apologized. Okay, well, we won't tell you. Yeah. I just, at this point in time, all of their goodwill as far as holding them down to exactly to the T of what they said is, is, Kind of would be crazy to do that. To to your point, Brian, about him looking beat up, I think the last two weeks or so have been hell for him. Like internally, there's probably been so many meetings because of yeah. this news leaking out the way people didn't want it to, and then employee bases, employee population getting concerned. Um, he did say that they had this planned, and I think he, mm-hmm. why he said it since December. So yeah, I imagine the fact that you have something planned and then it comes out this way, you never want that. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's just been torn apart from all kinds of angles internally. He's he's got to be tired mm-hmm. from that, but. I, I honestly am not surprised by any of this. It is nothing to me. <laughs> like this is all. This is this is what this is what they were gonna like when Phil Spencer came out last May and basically said we lost the worst generation we could lose and we're investing in the Xbox ecosystem the way we did. Of course, this is gonna happen. Of course, they're gonna bring games to other people. Like I don't know. I just part of me just almost doesn't care. Like in a way, like like I want games to be in more places, but. I don't know, them bringing games to other places, yeah, it just doesn't surprise me at all. Lona brought up a good point. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Kirk. No, no, you're fine. Okay. That's fine. Well, because like Lona, the point that Lona brought up about hardware, I think is really where I want to get everybody's thoughts now, because I, I argue that they aren't getting out of hardware, but here's the real thing. What does that even mean? The biggest technical leap, right? Like one of the things that I've seen Lono rant about, rightfully so, is the marketing behind the Series X and S. And even, and I've even pushed back on some of those points saying like, it's also, I feel like PlayStation 5. Like when we saw three years into this generation that frames per second go from 60 to 30, like it really kind of feels like what what's going on here, right? We were like 60 frames is so good. And some people would be like, 30 frames is fine. It's like, no. Like, <laughs> this is what they were really pushing more at Microsoft than anybody else. This generation, 60 frames, 120 frames, this is 4K, you know, and I'm not sitting here going to sit here and expect that a console at $500 is going to do what my, uh, you know, computer can do at 5000 You know, I, I don't have that disillusion that I see some people like make, but when it comes down to marketing, that felt more marketing to me than anything else because they weren't then ready to kind of tell us more it's the biggest leap in you know in 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 technology that to me as somebody who thinks on the technology side i go that to me sounds more like they're investing in their cloud infrastructure which is what satya nadella has continued to say that this is a cloud we're we're a cloud company xbox is going to be cloud what do y'all think 
Oh my gosh. If they played some kind of verbiage trick and it's not about the hardware being really strong, because that's what got my attention. I was like, oh, she said biggest leap. I'd have to go back and look at the exact verbiage because yeah, yeah if, what she said. if it's the cloud hybrid and that's what they view as the biggest leap because they're going to yeah. be able to give you like 4K cloud gaming, I, oh my. Yeah, no. yeah. Think, exactly. Lono, think, <laughs> think, think, think about it, Lono. We current. This is the last. This two generations, right? Last generation, this generation. They've had the world's most powerful console. How has that helped them at all in the gaming space? <laughs> when PlayStation has the better looking games, the better running version of the multiplayer, it, it hasn't really returned the dividends. And if she's saying right, like if we, you think she's saying they're going to make another world's most powerful console. That's going to fall on deaf ears. Nobody's going to pay attention to that because you've had the world's most powerful. <laughs> unless, it, unless it's like $800, then I might believe them. Like yeah. if it's yeah. egregiously priced, then yeah. I might then, actually believe them. You know what? But, and guess what? And, and then they could drop another Xbox Series S type device alongside that, which will yeah. leave them in the same situation that they are now. Right. And so. Well, oh, Ginger man. and I got into that debate. I can't remember if it was on a, if it was on an Epic Loot Radio or if we were just in the comments on one of our our videos or whatever. But yeah, I was saying that I think that they need to drop an eight hundred dollar high end console that that vastly outperforms and out costs it costs you know one hundred two hundred dollars more than the PlayStation to sort of provide that value proposition. I don't think that they can compete in the same lane as playstation they need to make a device that is high-end that is closer to a pc for the people that want that because otherwise in terms of native hardware that runs native games like what are you offering me as a console maker that i can't get from the other guys and if you say game pass playstation plus is getting better every day it's getting better every single day it's a little bit confusing oh sorry go ahead j-dub i was just gonna say just these two points when you think of power, Xbox right now has 12 TFOPs of power as the world's most powerful console. But then when you look at the games that really make your jaw drop, you look at Horizon Burning Shores. You look at, we just had Death Stranding 2 that everybody was gawking over, yeah. right? That's running on the PS5, right? Which is a 9 to 10 TFOP system. So people gawk over those games. They don't gawk over the 12 TFOP games, right? Because the games that generally Xbox shows us, like Hellblade, it looks, it looks good. It looks great. But yeah. I mean, it's 12 T flops, and it, it doesn't really show off the power of the 12 T flops. And we know it's probably going to get hamstrung like the rest of the games because of the series. I S. would push back on that. I think Hellblade looks about as good as any video game has ever looked. Or the digital foundry, it doesn't. <laughs> I, I I think it's good to take a step back though and to say that this current generation PS5 and Series X, they're struggling hand in hand too. And there's something to say about that as well, where the PS5, there was news from Sony just the other day that they're already viewing the PS5 near the end of its cycle, which I don't know what that means at all. But there's something that's that middle, quote. I think. That was an middle. quote. That's not that what they the, said. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was, okay. was the, the middle because it's middle. four years into this generation and frankly. Yeah. Okay. Generations last between That's six. Just, to it's seven just years. factually. At, wait, is it four? Is it four years? We're coming I up it's on only four. been three. It's at been the three. Well, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. That, so that's that's yeah. three years. Load up. Well, going into if at the end of this year it's four years, that means it's been three years. We're at the beginning yeah. of a year. That's I how was, years work. Right. I'm I'm, know, I'm, I'm crapping on on J Dub, not you. It depends on the generation, right? A typical generation. 
would be anywhere between five to six years would be typical, right? But yeah. if we go back in the 360 and the, the PS3 era, it lasted a little bit longer. And, I mean, and it, it, it just, depends on the success of the console, right? I mean, and think about... And we had COVID, and then we had COVID that yeah. ultimately, I believe, this generation should extend three years because those first three years, I mean, there was there was lack of supply and developers got hamstrung. So, I, mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. You know, we, we know... You know, nine times ten, we got a PS5 Pro coming. We got a Switch Two coming this generation. We got an Xbox Series X, all digital coming. Like, I don't know. Where, where will these things extend the generation to 2028, 2029, perhaps 2030? I don't know. And I, and I I think that's important, right? Because again, if the PS5 they they admitted sales are struggling, they didn't hit their mark. They're kind of disappointed in it, and I just think that says something about the overall gamers' appetite for what we're getting now from these two players. There isn't a lot of innovation, right? And to your point, Kirk, about having an eight hundred dollar premium console, I think that'd be a horrible idea for Xbox because those people are going <laughs> to go buy a PC instead, right? And it makes no sense because the console business is so small, too, right? They're they're much better on creating an ecosystem where they can sell their games on PC and all kinds of other devices. Where that device, I mean, it'd be cool as a tech guy myself. I'd love to have it. I, I mean, just, yeah, no there's time. too many people that went out and bought an ROG Ally for me to think that uh, to agree with you i don't agree with you i think if they make a a, a high well, there's only three. console there's only about three million between the rogue ally the steam deck and the lenovo well yeah but then, then, so then that would be you a don't failure. need you don't need to make a bunch of them you yeah, but are you gonna are you gonna sink all the r&d you know a billion exactly. dollars worth of r&d just to sell two million units to that point, would you rather do that or would you rather have other manufacturers take that risk for you and you right. just put Game Pass on there? And again, that's what they're doing. That's um, what they're doing already. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But, but one thing I want to I want to return to Mark about the comparisons between the two and this generation and struggling. Yes, they are struggling as far as it's so funny. Fifty four million is like, oh man, they're struggling. It's, it's not, like, man, I I killed a cell four million of anything. <laughs> yeah. So, so Sony, PlayStation, by any chance of the any stretch of the imagination, is not struggling at all, right? There, they are. Uh, matter of fact, what happened is they projected, which was far exceedingly. They they were too. I guess they were too. I guess they they got too a little bit too greedy and sure. they, uh, and they 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 set their projections extremely high, which was twenty five million units sold in twenty twenty three, and they ended up selling I think twenty three units. So they're going to miss their projections by two million. But the problem is, I mean, which is I guess a good problem to have is that is still far exceedingly more than any PlayStation has ever in history. Yeah. That, that is matter of fact, they sold more units last year in 2023 than Xbox did the entire generation. That tells you how good they're doing. But again, you know, it's it just like like Square Enix, right? They're never happy, even though the game sells 15 million copies because their projections <laughs> are just too high and they just believe that their product is just so good and, and they need to do double that. So it, that's an internal thing. PlayStation doesn't have an issue selling hardware, whereas Microsoft does. They were selling the Xbox Series S for $139 this holiday. They, they were selling the Series X for $349, right? They cut the price, basically cut the price in half. And they still weren't able to win MPD. They still didn't, weren't able to sell out of the consoles. And so that's a big struggle. And the, the problem is, if you don't have great games, high quality games and consistently, then people won't buy into your, your console. 
But yes. they need people to buy the hardware so they can get the revenue to keep making the game. So it's the chicken versus the egg for Xbox. And I don't know if they'll ever be able to. No, they 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 sell they sell the hardware at a loss. So that's what they're talking about. Is they're saying we're gonna we're gonna expand beyond the hardware and give people ways to interact with our ecosystem and and buy games and play games and and you know invest in you know in game stores and things like that. You know if it's a first, but they've been doing that. Or, they've been doing that for the last two generations, right? They, they've been pushing the Samsung TV. They've been pushing the cloud. They've been pushing the cell phones and all this stuff. That we, led, haven't, we haven't had the tech for that. I mean, that's why Google Stadia failed. It's just like... It's yeah, but not... Game, pa- Game Pass has been a thing since when? 2018, 17? They haven't had xCloud on phones since, like, it's only been like two years. I, th- I think the main point, though, is they need to have revenue to invest in their platform, and I, I don't think they they look at hardware as the source of that revenue. I think right they see the $40 billion PC market, which is I'm pretty sure bigger than the console market, as a way to extend that. And they also see the other half of the console market as a way to extend that as well. And you are right. If you don't have innovative games coming out on your hardware, you're not going to incentivize people to play there. And I think, again, when Phil had that interview in May, I feel like they admitted that. They lost the worst console generation to lose in PC, PS4, Xbox One. And they're pivoting while still maintaining some aspect of that Xbox brand. It I just seems like such a half measure, though, like with what we saw today. So, yes. Because you wanted them to double down on... I, they have a unique strength, right? Further. Because, when, yeah. like, on the last podcast where we talked about it, it's like, I don't think Xbox is done. I think they actually, like, they're just going into the blue waters to fight a whole different fight where this is how things were. And today was not that announcement, in which essentially no. they just kicked the can down the curb, and that's why I'm frustrated yeah. with how they handled today but with what the question that i i cannot rectify and i get the pushback because this what i'm going to say will generate questions for me almost likely but what is the future when you have these devices coming out like yes maybe the rogue ally only sold three million but that's actually a really interesting offering coming in and, and a high price for a handheld but when you have these devices that do play your PC games that can just hook up to your TV, Steam is one of this for a long time. What room, what space, what what avenue does the console, a essentially a single-use kind of device, have in our future when all of a sudden that becomes real competition? Just like we said, like mm-hmm. PC games, Sony has already announced there are more PC games are coming to the PC. Helldivers 2 is an absolute, I think, must-buy, must-play kind of game. So if you haven't yes. had a chance to play that game, it is really good. Sony, I think, did a really good job. They're working on some of the issues. But I think overall, like, holy crap, more of that, please, Sony. You know, I think that would be great. But then all of a sudden, imagine somebody's like comes out, I am another manufacturer. They Like, if they license the, uh, the uh, operating system from Microsoft and you could boot up your Rogue Ally, you have your Xbox dashboard. Oh, and then it turns out you can run Steam. Okay, cool. That's the, I think that's the wild card. That's the unique advantage that Windows has that because they have Windows running on the Xbox, but it's a restricted OS. PlayStation tried to, PlayStation tried to categorize the PS3 as a PC, but yeah. <laughs> the Xbox has, tri- I mean, well, Microsoft has tried that before with the multiple operating systems. They tried it with their Surface tablets with the version of RT and, mm-hmm. and, and all ARM chips and stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. The stuff just didn't work. So I just don't know if they'll ever get it to work like that. It seemed like it would be like the perfect thing. Just put the Xbox OS on every device and just let that be that. And guess what? You still get your little cut of the fee of the operating system that's sold for Mm -hmm. every device. Mm -hmm. And you get the game pass that comes along with that device and things like that. I'm going to be honest. I just 
for the, for the life of me, I just don't understand how the world's richest company when it comes to gaming hasn't figured this stuff out yet. We're, we're like I said, going on four years into this particular generation and they're still trying to find their identity. They're still trying to find themselves in us as console gamers invest 500, $600 into these consoles, even more with accessories and games and stuff. We invest yeah. all this money to these and and that's supposed to be for the long haul. Well, the system launched in 2020. This will see me through 2026, 2027 or whatever. So we invest into that. And a couple of years in, there's all these major changes. And here we are now with some more changes, but they're, in, they're, they're constantly they're constantly trying to find out where they want to be. And what does that, what does their goal, what does that mean to the average gamer? Someone like me, right? You're making all these changes and stuff, but how does that stuff benefit me? I don't get it, in the cloud. It, I don't it doesn't. It doesn't, J-Dub. And, and if I can jump in, like all these conversations and all this planning and scheming and strategizing and whatever that is, you know, internally, that's what's come out. You know, that's why all these news articles have happened over the past couple of weeks. All of that is sort of angling at taking advantage of this broader new frontier and capitalizing on it and somehow that making Xbox relevant and prominent again. When the reality is, is that PlayStation goes out and makes a box that's appealing, that's a brand that people trust, that people, that resonates with people that they want, it's desirable, it's sexy in a way, the console, it looks sexy, it's not just a rectangle, black block, you know, and, and the games on it are, they're exclusive, they are special, they are premium in terms of the quality, in terms of the availability, the accessibility on other platforms. You can't play it on PC until six months to a year later, if at all. You know, that may change, but right now that's the case. And like, they have stuck to that and just hammered it, hammered it so hard for like five, six, seven, eight years on. Just we do this beating Xbox into submission and Xbox is trying desperately to get out from under that palm, they can't do it. Like, they they think that they can expand into these new horizons, and that's why they have nothing to say. Like, they had absolutely nothing to say today. Like, it basically amounted to, we're still in third place, we still don't have value prop, and we're evaluating, assessing that, and we're always looking for new ways to to make things more appealing for Xbox gamers and put your games every. Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about that the way they didn't care about it in 2013 when they got out there and said, "Oh, you can do this instead of Directv on your on your Xbox." Nobody cared about that then. It's so, like they're still repeating the same habits, the same patterns. Gamers want games living room console gamers want games on their box they want the best games and they want they want all the games on the box and xbox can't deliver on that so they're trying to find another way to get into people's living rooms and to get into people's mind share and and i mean as we saw with stadia like people don't want to make that jump not the majority of people it's just not appealing people want what they want and like playstation has established that they can deliver on what people want and it's it's a system and it's a methodology that works for them it's a brand and strategy that works for them and jim ryan got a bad rep but boy did he deliver on that strategy and boy did he deliver for playstation gamers and xbox just they're trying everything that they can to sort of take advantage of 
markets that do not have a proof of concept. They don't have a proof of concept yet. And they think that they're going to go out and prove that because they went and bought King and they've got all these you know resources and all this money. I don't know that that there's this swath of people that want to take advantage of all that. Like, I think that people want what is already available on another platform brought to you by another company that Xbox can't do it as well. And that's that's just the way that it is. Well, and the thing that I said, as soon as it was over, I was like, if I was a hardcore Xbox fan, I would have not left that podcast feeling very satisfied because all they did primarily was just repeat the talking points they've said for yep. years, you know, yep. play mm-hmm. anywhere, cross play, cross save game pass day and date. And it's like, okay, great. Like you kind of convinced me these are value points three, four and five years ago. If you're trying to affirm and really assert what is Xbox right now, when Sarah Bond said, we want people playing on Xbox to feel like they're going to get the world's best games and there's and then she just started randomly like bullet point listing stuff like game pass and cross progression and they were like repeating themselves there was something awkward about it it was like they didn't have that much to say because i really do feel they are very much so trotting out the marching orders of microsoft and they're trying Mm -hmm. to push that through that funnel and lens and you know pr xbox talk speak they're trying to say well microsoft wants us to do this how in the world do we position this and still sound like xbox like i said it was the most non-phil spencer i always praise him i'm like he's a wordsmith he's great in interviews he's got great presence he's always been so good and this I was like, this doesn't feel like Xbox. And it also doesn't, I'm sorry, it doesn't feel like Phil Spencer. And it also just didn't feel like they were fermenting this idea or cementing this idea of like, you want to stay with us. It was like, we're going to take four games and put them out elsewhere. And then Diablo's coming to Game Pass. And then chat told me she said the greatest technical leap on the next console well, that could be anything. That's not a performance leap. That I mean, so now I'm thinking, well, golly, like I, I could see them making a killer golly handheld. I, yeah. I think that there's a there's a handheld market potential growth, like Kirk saying it's an you know, it maybe it's not proof of concept, but I think there's potentially huge growth for handhelds mm-hmm. there is. in the coming future. And there I is. think Microsoft could be a killer competitor in there because if they get that surface team cranking out an amazing handheld, I would buy it. People yeah, also buy multiple before. handhelds. Like that's one of the things that yeah. when I see people praise Nintendo numbers, like I go, Yeah, Nintendo, yeah, they're selling great. I'm not dogging on the numbers, but it's also it's a, there's a hidden factor of in terms of like how many gamers are actually that I own multiple Nintendo switches. Now I would have only owned one Nintendo switch if it hooked up to the television, but because it's a handheld, just like with the DS and the game boy and a before I buy multiple of their handhelds. And so them and Xbox go in that direction. But then the question is, is what does that then do differently that I can't get from the rogue ally or the steam deck, which actually then plays games that aren't available to me. Like, like why step into that that market and then become in with both hands tied behind your back? Yeah. I I do want to before I lose my train of thought, I yeah, do I do want to try and spin some analysis out of this this absolute dust bowl tumbleweed of a 22 minute nothing podcast and 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 pull something out of my ass. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> which is that again to 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 harken back to I want to draw a parallel with the 2013 announcement and how damaging that was to the Xbox brand 
the idea that they were going to become about more than the traditional sort of narrow scoped idea of gaming that they were going to branch beyond that. And that then that was going to be appealing. That was going to be something that was going to be in demand that people wanted for whatever reason. And it wasn't like the entire gaming populace, at least console gamers pushed back on that. And they said, we, we're not interested in that. And, and the Xbox brand suffered irreparably. And so what changed, I went on a whole you know monologue about this last week, which is the only reason why anybody might actually know who I am. Is the what changed was in 2020 or 2019, I can't remember, when the consoles were about to come out, they started changing their messaging. And Phil started talking directly to gamers and talking directly to the maligned, aggrieved Xbox base and saying, hey, we're going to go out, we're going to buy a Bethesda, we're going to compete, we're going to make some great games, we're going to make Fable, we're going to make Hellblade 2, we're going to make Halo really good, we're going to put Starfield exclusive to our platform, we're going to make sure that that's the game of the generation, you know, we're going to do all these things, we're going to get back in this race, we're going to, like, be, it's you know, it'd be like every year, every year in football or whatever your favorite sport is, people who are watching, it's like, this is our year. Dallas Cowboys fit. This is our year. We're going to the Super Bowl, right? Like, let's go. And you need that. Like, if you just, if you just lose constantly, the morale just sinks. And so their messaging changed. And it was about, we're, we're, we're going to get back to basics. We're going to make good games that are going to come on our platform and it's going to make our platform desirable. It's going to make our platform a good experience, a good product to have. That's what we're going to deliver on. You can expect it, you know, like a post market We're we're, you know, come by our console and we're going to deliver on that. And now three years later, they failed. Okay. They failed. Let's not get it twisted. They failed Redfall, one of the worst games to come out like from a from first party Xbox ever, especially if we're talking like triple Glad you clarified AAA. first party because then I was like, there's been a yeah. lot of other dog yeah, yeah, games. Yeah. This isn't Kong Skull <laughs> Island, Brian. <laughs> this isn't this isn't Lord of the Rings Gollum. But it's 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 in the conversation with those games, which is ridiculous. The way that that game was being propped up, the way that they were showing trailers of that game, like it was going to be you know the second coming of I don't know Borderlands meets Stranger Things or whatever, and then Starfield comes out and it's fine. Like, it's middling. It's fine. It's an eight. You know, a lot of people gave it a seven. I think it's an eight. But, you know, it, it's not pushing the boundaries that they claimed it was going to. And then after those two, like, that's it. That's all they had. Like, yeah. that. Like it's like they went, they went eight and eight. And they're like, ah, we should just trade all our players and go, you know, one and... 16 next year i mean I, it doesn't make any they're just so they're just pivoting right back to the 2013 messaging of we'll try other stuff we're gonna yeah. let playstation do that and then we're gonna go nobody wants that nobody wants that like people want xbox to be good and to be comparable to playstation nobody ever asked them except for brian here to like go do something else and offer some sort of other alternative value proposition that nobody wants if those people want that they're on pc already right, like yeah. the, the 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 brand of xbox the xbox was created in the vacuum that exists because Sega could not stay in that space. It's crazy because so Microsoft was afraid involved. of Sony being under the television and, and dominating the, the and living room. 
That was what's happening right now. What is happening right now? And what can Xbox do? They are helpless. They are powerless with all their money and all their resources and all their good. The flaw in your logic is that you assume that Sony is then doing the thing when I would say Samsung and smart TVs literally just they aped what the consoles and what Sony and Xbox were going to do. Not that they're like, I'm dogging on any other sales. I'm just saying that the technology and the generations. It's all the future. No, it's not the future. future. It's literally right now. You get in the future. Xbox will matter. Why did the PlayStation two and why is the PlayStation two still the biggest selling console? It hasn't been the future for a decade. I'm not saying it's the future. You're you're fighting a ghost here. You're shadow boxing and let's put you back to school. Samsung and smart TVs. No, you're sitting here saying, making an argument that I'm definitely not making. The YouTube, the Netflix, all of your apps and television and all that stuff is just an app on your TV now. It literally apes what the Xbox originally and what Sony used to do. Like Netflix was the biggest like installed through the old consoles, especially on the 360 and the PlayStation 3 era. That's when that Mm. whole took off. But then TVs, which they tried to push TVs into this 3D TV, and everybody's like, that's stupid. And then essentially they went with, oh, smart TVs. That's what people want. They want, you know, really nice pictures and really nice screens. Turns out it does all these things. That then takes away one of the big selling points. Like, why is the PS2 one of the highest selling consoles of all time to this day? Not the, it is the highest, but it's the DVD player. It's the only reason. Reason, right. The only reason that happened, though, the only reason that, and people keep bringing this up, that's place say, yes, it is the number one most the red herring. It, 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 but the only reason, because that generation, it, that, that console itself sold for 13 years, literally sold for 13 years. They produced that console for 13 yeah. years. No other generation has lasted that long and no other device has lasted that long. Right. So. Of course, you won't get to that point. Maybe Nintendo Switch. Right. If they keep it around another year or two. It may reach that and surpass it, but your console has to do that. But make no mistake about it. The PS5 is surpassed the PS2 and the PS3 and the, the PS4 at this particular time. So if we keep on with this trajectory and, and, and this console lasts for 10 years, they'll probably reach 155. But right? I don't and think if they, it reaches and if it goes yeah. longer, but. Price is going to be a real point, though. The the only way that PlayStation can then double and then double again is in terms of hitting some kind of massive mass market price of which like their goal is they make money on the sales of the consoles, which is like, honestly, that's what I said. I just said they did for sure. But I'm saying that like in order for like PlayStation to really try to continue to to keep this level of acceleration, like that's where usually that's uh, you see another models come out, which reduces their over cost, sees their price comes down. And uh, right now, like especially with inflation and things like that, that's another thing that's pushing and keeping the, the price from truly falling because as everything is going up in price, technically these systems are actually getting cheaper, but people are feeling pinched and people are pe- feeling uh, absolutely like game. Now, one of the things about technology, going back to Kirk's points, because there is some future technology that when they talk about the next biggest leap in technology, the only two things that come to my mind are AI and with cloud. And so if we're talking about them putting in AI generation chips that are going to help 
do whatever. Nvidia is showing this stuff off. Don't want <laughs> loud and AI. I think that's a generational thing, Kirk. Because when you start looking at what Apple's doing with their handheld and the fact that, like, I was talking with Thirty last night on his podcast. Shout out to Thirty and Still Gaming. He's he plays his X Cloud, his Xbox games on his Meta Quest Two, which it's like, yeah, it's it's all being that's processed cool. and ren- rendered. And he's like, it's great. I have this ultra massive screen. I'm playing these games, having a great time. And so it's that I think where when you know we talk about the future tech like there i think will be a generational divide where people just like they're saying i'm not i'm never going to go digital i'm going to have physical media and then at some point like there there's going to be a hard drawn line in the sand i think essentially at some point like yeah one of these consoles will or both maybe even the ps6 will be an always online console because they're going to tap into cloud compute to keep costs down so they don't have to sit here and say oh we don't have to put like all of the stuff physically in there, but we're going to make sure we have cloud compute so we can compete in price. That's that's a great point because I want to go back to what Kirk said when Kirk said, no one wants that. Microsoft wants that. And I want to revisit a few great points. Supply and demand. Supply and demand. There's no demand. Kirk, listen here. Okay. So Jay, you brought up a great point, which is that Microsoft's one of the most profitable companies in the world, right? And the gaming aspect of that profit is minuscule. So you have to say, well, what's the core competency of a company like Microsoft? It is cloud infrastructure, it is networking, it is that type of technology. Any business segment internally is going to try to follow that model, subscription service and all of that. So that's why I think, Brian, you're spot on and it's easy to read the tea leaves is because to them, they want that business model to be similar in terms of what gaming is to the rest of the market. And they have so much infrastructure and footprint they can make that technological leap into the gaming space. It's already everywhere else. I'm a cloud architect. Sure, uh, that's that's sure, what they I could do. do it. They could do it, but we'll, we'll get... Here's the thing. They could do it, right? But our gamers partake in now. Like, Microsoft hasn't even mastered the art of just creating great games, right? So, it's true. No, 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 listen, listen. I'm going to be honest. Think about it, right? As a, as a long-time X, Xbox guy, mastered they should try and do it for the for the last two generations they have not been consistent in good quality software the only would agree the the good trust the good trustees right the halo gives and the forza have been the only consistent high quality type things and even this generation is is going down here right this forza is like the the lowest Horizon Five is incredible. The, like, like they they game. do have bangers, no, 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 but yeah, yeah. The, the Horizon series, I, I can actually see them killing off the the motorsports series, right? They just it's for whatever reason, they haven't mastered that. And the Microsoft is all over the place in all these different buckets, and these guys come out on the stage. Uh, yeah, we want to go for the game over here and the game over there and the game it is, and then we want to do all this stuff and cater to PlayStation, and cater to Nintendo. You can't even cater to your base. Right. You yeah. can't even fulfill them and what they wanted. What they really wanted was just like Kurt said, they wanted a competitive to the PlayStation where PlayStation has its single player games that are goatees and that are consistent, high quality. And they, they're just the throne of of what PlayStation is. Xbox doesn't have that anymore. They you used to have it with the Halo gears and the Forza. And, and maybe they, if they, they get their, their head right, their mind right, their strategy right, they'll deliver on Marvel's Blade, keep that exclusive if oh. Disney will let them. They'll, it'll be oh, a yeah. smash hit if they're like if they get out of the weeds of all this other stuff that they would just make good games and and sell your platform based on the fact that there's good games on it. So, like no, the, Phil said it. Phil said it. We're going to see fewer and fewer exclusives. Like I mm-hmm. don't think and we're going to see fewer selling. and fewer Xboxes and people 
people's living rooms. Well, they don't care about that. Yeah, I exactly. think the point is, is that the console market is not growing. We've hit our plateau as a market. So Xbox is saying we need to go where there are people currently not playing games, whether it's through cloud, whether it's through TVs, mobile, etc. Now, I do think there's a danger there because I don't know if that market, if people are currently not a gamer, I don't know if you're going to convince them to be a gamer with cloud gaming through their television or gaming right. on mobile. Now, they're going to make money off mobile because we know King Mobile prints money, and that's going to be a great revenue stream for them. But I don't know if they're going to grow their their actual MAU market share in those pockets. It's like, I don't know if you're going to suddenly have a ton of new active users in the Xbox yeah. user base because you threw Halo on a TV or a cloud. I just, that, those people aren't gaming now. So I don't know if it's invisible. Well, what's, what's interesting about those people. Those invisible people. Well, not they're right. not. The cat, the they're, they are visible, and they are, and they are real. I don't think. I want to go. I want to go to Mark because you're going to make a point, but then I want to come back to this because those people are real. I know a lot of them. You guys know a lot of them, and when they go and have that experience, they're they're just former gamers. They're just gamers who used to be us, and then essentially were like life got in the way, and they got busy, and so they don't game, and then all of a sudden, yeah, like doctors and lawyers, like a lot of people are like playing Stadia in the hospitals because it became available and they're like this is great this is what i want i, I don't know. have the time to go and invest the money into an ecosystem i just want to be able to jump onto the latest you know game because i, I missed that and that's what they want mark i want to go but to the you. problem yeah, yeah, yeah. so i don't think cloud gaming is they're expecting it to be the biggest portion of revenue in the future i think first and foremost they just care things are profitable right mm -hmm. so i think all the points being brought up are accurate right like yeah they know for a while that they don't make the best games compared to the caliber of games that come from Sony or Nintendo. That's why they spend billions of dollars buying IPs, right? And I think that's for two reasons. One, to help incentivize people who might be on the fringes that want to play on their phones or want to play on cloud gaming. But also, it helps stabilize revenue when they want to bring those games to other platforms. So, Lono, I, I think you and I are aligned. We're like... I don't know. I don't think they truly care in the long run if the Xbox console is around as the premier console. They care about the Xbox business being profitable, and they're going to do that through a variety of ways, whether it's bringing games and publishing them on other consoles, whether it's attracting people with those big IPs to other ways to play, which I personally, I don't have an incentive to want to play cloud gaming, but I could see how other people are. My nephew's 17, my other nephew's like 10. They do that stuff, right? And that's where gaming grows. That's where it grows all the time. And if you want to grow into a market, you have to focus on that. So again, I don't I don't think I'm disagreeing here with anyone, but I, again, I just I think they have to get IPs. That's why they bought them. I don't think they've really figured out how to perfect that development cycle yet. I think COVID, J Dub, as you said, has hurt everyone for a while too. Like even Sony said they're not coming out with any new first party games until 2025, maybe, which is a little bit of a gap for them too that they're concerned about. But yeah, in the future. They care about profitability to the Xbox business, and that's beyond consoles. That is revenue from games on other consoles. That's revenue from games everywhere else, whether it's subscriptions or just sales from other units. Did you guys catch that Sarah Bond said 34 million for Game Pass subscribers? Now, I'm assuming she was including the new in, in like there was a new injection from Xbox Core, Game Pass Core, because they That's converted all this. Well, the people they, that have live, they're counting the people that have live. Well, now, hang on. She said 34 million after she was talking about Diablo coming to Game Pass. So I'm wondering if it's not just going to hit Game Pass. Are they also going to add it to the Xbox Game Pass Core catalog so that they can say, hey, yeah. 
34 million people can now play Diablo 4. Because when she threw out the 34 million, I thought, I know they had a big influx from Starfield, so we know mm-hmm. it jumped there. We don't know if it jumped and stayed, but they also got an influx from Xbox Live. Yes, I don't know if no, there was no, they, 9 they million No, no, they might add people. it to Core, because we haven't had any additions to Core, right? For sure, and the, it makes starting sense set. to... Yeah, it's a good game to add to core. It's an ABK game. It's a live service game. Like I, I think it's a. I think that announcement yeah. was them. They're like, we got to give these people something because yes. we're telling them right. we're taking property and putting it elsewhere. Like, what are we going to give to our people? I think they had to do that. Yeah, which yeah. which it's a it's a good announcement. Like that's literally the best game that they published last year. A better you, announcement would have been Call of Duty. Like, let's not let's not be around the bush. Huge. Like, if they they if they came and they said BK, sure, yes, is in coming. In terms of like mass appeal, but in terms of what is actually the better majority game, of the people play the Warzone anyway. They don't play right. Yeah, but imagine that there's an integration there. Then all of a sudden, if you're a part of Game Pass, and then you get special whatevers within the Warzone. Like it just those kind of integrations, I think are a very strong power play. And we see that same kind of play that Amazon Prime uses. We're giving out like, hey, if you've got this, then we're just going to give you all this other stuff. And it's it's nothing burgers. It's like, it's just like, yeah, but it's still kind of like, oh, all right, that's nice. I get a little treat today. See, D- Diablo 4 could have been huge for them for announcing for Xbox gamers. But like Lano said, they snuck it in there as a, we got to give these guys something. something. There should have been a huge announcement around that, not just, oh, it just kind of came came out. It's always reactive. They, yeah. Yes. And it's like, that would have been huge saying, hey, for the month of March, Diablo 4 is now in Game Pass and it's huge. That could have been their big, okay, wow type moment, right? A positive. Mm. But now it's like, oh, you only told us that because PlayStation is getting four games and we don't even know what four games are those now. Now, right. granted, it could be the smaller games that nobody want to play anyway, but it also could be one or two big games that they wanted to hide and they wouldn't dare be in front of the cameras saying those games because they don't want even more backlash that they're already going to get. So I don't know. I don't the know. Month, I'll, I'll the month of March is the month yeah. of March is for playing Suicide Squad, right, Mark? Oh, that better than Skull and Bones. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, good. Y'all that. don't like it either. Thank goodness. Okay. I was like, so all I, right. I haven't played it's it yet. One more comment. Let's talk about that Monday. One more comment again, going about just profitability of the Xbox business. Because again, they they now own Call of Duty, which is the third highest grossing video game franchise ever. And they now own World of Warcraft, which is the 10th. Now, World of Warcraft in the future, I don't know. But again, I don't think the Xbox business is going to struggle. But I will admit, I don't think consoles are going to compete against PlayStation one for one um, at any point. And I don't think internally they expect that either. Now, the messaging hasn't been great, but I still think the tea leaves are pretty clear just when you when you patch everything together with where things are going. Speaking of bringing games that Xbox owns to subscription platforms, I got to set my boy Jay Fake News Dub City here <laughs> straight for posting all over on Twitter with his boy Jay Barry Stripe. Xbox brought... Outer Worlds to PS Plus, Xbox is is bringing all their all their first party IP to PS Plus oh, now. Oh, that, that absolute bullcrap, fake news, and you mm. know it. That Private Division, which is a Take Two company, owns the rights to the Outer Worlds because they have the publishing rights to that game because it was before. 
the acquisition that Xbox made of Obsidian. So yes, Xbox mm-hmm. owns Obsidian as a studio, but they have no say over where Private Division puts that game and if Private Division puts that game in PlayStation Plus, which they probably didn't want to. And th- there's a whole controversy about that game and the Spacer's Choice Edition, which is like the complete edition, but apparently it's worse than the actual original game. But Private Division put that out as like a money grab because they control the publishing rights. That's how publishing rights work. So all you guys posted all over Twitter, every Xbox game is coming to PS Plus now because Xbox put put Outer Worlds on PS Plus. Xbox probably hated that that game went to PS Plus, but they didn't have any part in that decision. If Xbox guys can go out there and tell it's their exclusive and, and, and and their company owns it and it's theirs and now it's on my platform... I'm going to run with it. it but but Xbox is. had nothing to do with that decision. They, they have no... Right, well, the, same, the, 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 re, the, uh, the reciprocity the reciprocity is MLB The Show. They put MLB The Show on Game Pass. I just you know. know it's on my PS5. Right? J Fake News City. That's what I would call you. If, if we're going to call people out, speaking of PS5, let's go back to when Kirk referred to his PlayStation as sexy. Um, <laughs> any, yeah, anyone else? Stand by that. It is. It is. I mean, it's it sleek is. and all that stuff. It's better than a cinder block. Right, I, I oh, mean, baby. I, you gotta admit, you gotta admit, it's better than a cinder block, dude. I Ray like rectangles. <laughs> and let me turn that button on. Yeah, so that is. I want to see aspect. what's beyond your horizon. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The aesthetic. There's not, appeal, a, there's not a single curve on the thing. Like, come on, these PlayStation is is you know. It's I something. Guess, I, y'all need girl, to you want to girl my body pillows? You do. This is getting weird. Like, girl, you want to see the rise of my Ronin? I, that's enough. That's right. enough. Sorry. <laughs> so, so aesthetically, I agree. The PlayStation has something to it. Functionally, though, the form factor of the Xbox is better because I'm always worried my PlayStation is going to broke break. Like it just doesn't seem as convenient sometimes when I move it to my computer or or my. It looks like a Wi-Fi router. It's ugly. Like, come on. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, with, I'm with you, Lono. I'm J-Dub, with you, Mark. I wish I'm could just play like my video games on a Chromecast. <laughs> I at least I actually think the Series X looks nice. Like you can put it on an entertainment stand, mm-hmm. it kind of blends in. It's matte black, oh, it's, it's square form factor. Like the the PlayStation, like what's that decor match? It look like you said, it looks like a Wi-Fi router from like the like the early two thousands. It's Go, going back to cloud though. Like like Amazon Luna, they can't get it to work or be appealing. Google Stadia couldn't get it to work or be appealing. Like just because Xbox has money, just because Xbox has money and they suck at doing everything else as good as PlayStation can, they're somehow going to make this work? So, like, that doesn't make I, I, any I don't sense. know. Xbox X Cloud is one of the weakest offerings right now, in my opinion, because it is only Game Pass games that are being offered. PlayStation yeah. as a cloud now has the ability that it's your games. Now, it's not all of them because there is technical work that's going on behind the scenes to make this happen. But... Yeah. The, the counter argument to that is GeForce Now, La- lagless, lossless, 120 frames a second, 4K, ultra wide. That's how I game. That's how I game and stream. And this in and of itself is and like incredible. And then, and then, and then all I, and then all I, and then I, well, I don't think they can, but oh, who knows? But the, oh, well, uh, then they're screwed. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's that they actually, Xbox allows GeForce Now to run on your Xbox. What, like, PlayStation gets all of Xbox games if they enable that feature too. If PlayStation 5 just says, hey, there's a GeForce Now app on your on your little dashboard here, and then yeah. you just fire it up, you're now playing Halo Infinite, which announced today. You're now playing Diablo 4. Well, you already have that already on your platform. Whatever, uh, Horizon, like all of that is there, and there's no extra porting or ne- necessary needed. But 
the 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 pitch is is that you're also having a high end gaming PC experience without all the gaming PC challenges that a lot of console gamers don't want. They don't want to manage their drivers. They don't want to have to worry about if a game is playable or not. They want they don't want to have to worry about all these massive updates and hard drive space. Well, consoles have that problem right now, and that's going to be something interesting to see how they solve that in the next generation. But it, yeah. there's a there's a ve- big value there, and I can tell you, like when I look at the next generation that's coming down the pipe, most of them are all actually gaming in the cloud. My kids spend ninety five percent of their time on X Cloud because it plays all of these different games, and that's the value add to me as a parent. Is it going to be mass market? I don't know. I don't think it's going to replace the console or the need for hardware. I think it's just going to become something that people have the option to use when they want to use it. But the real thing I think is going to be the the case is the always online cloud compute. Because when I look at the cost of hardware and the cost of these development things, I go, how do you, how do you have that price point where we know we've seen this when PlayStation launched at 600? Yes. 600 then is a lot less than it is today, but if they still come out of like, that's why you, you see consoles have this like price point, because at some point, if you push too high, you have people just like my nephew that, well, that's exactly what my nephew said. He was like, all right, I've saved up $500. And it's like, oh, but if I save up $300 more, I'll just get a PC. But you know what keeps people going from PC? And and this is, I guess, almost a knock on Xbox is that at this point, Xbox doesn't have any exclusives. So people can go any and everywhere, right? But Mm -hmm. if you want to play the new God of War, or if you want to play the new Spider-Man or the Wolverine or any of those games. You want to play Stellar Blade. You're going to have to. PlayStation. Yeah, you gotta buy a PlayStation. End, end and, story. And you want to play Celebrate in April? Go buy a PlayStation. Like what? What do you? What do you go? What are you going and buying a PC and an Xbox Blade? for? Guess what? You got to rise of the Ronin and PlayStation. PC. Like what? Do you, what do you want those other things for? You can. Microsoft has zero exclusives, and they've had zero exclusives for a very long time. That's why, like, but, but with that, Mar- that led them to the problem that they're that they're having right now. Well, right? Is it like I get that? It, the, like if, if the goal is, is to sell consoles, it's a problem. But I agree with Lono. I don't think they give a crap if they're going to sell a console or they not. Don't. They like you know, they, it's they like may eh. not, they may not care. They may not care. But as a gamer and a console guy who spent five hundred bucks or two hundred bucks or three hundred, however much to buy into the Xbox ecosystem, mm-hmm. and their promises that this would be the best place to play. I don't want to hear that. Yeah, don't I don't think they've lived up to that problem. Don't tell me about Literally the third best place well, to play. When you see, like, well, it, exactly. it, I, I would just say Grand Blue Fantasy Relink is a really good option, right? Like, it doesn't it doesn't come out and announce that it's, like, exclusive, but it's, like, PlayStation and PC. Great game. I'm so glad that it's doing as well as it did, but why isn't it on Xbox? And so PlayStation, time and time again, this generation and into last generation, there's a lot of games that come out that there aren't announcing like it's exclusive to PlayStation. It just doesn't come to the Xbox at all. And so it, you, you take that and you extrapolate That's over right. time. And you're like, why, why would I be in the same system? And they're going to double down on that and give PlayStation their games. Yeah, exactly. Well, here's the thing to consider too. And I talked about this the other day when everybody got really upset at these rumors and they, they canceled game pass, turn their Xboxes in. I said, well, you don't really have any buying power and you also aren't building a digital library. And this is something that I think Xbox has to consider about their future. When Phil Spencer says we lost the worst generation to lose because everybody was building their digital libraries. The real kicker right now is nobody's building a digital library on Xbox if they're on game pass. And that's right. what game pass does. 
does is it creates this. You're not building a library. It's really easy to leave because all you're leaving mm. behind is a subservice. And if they continue to put their first party titles day and date on Game Pass like they said they are, I just think they're making their platform very easy to walk away from because you do not have this library. You're not building a library right now. And then what purpose does an exclusive serve? Like what? What's the point of the exclusive if it's literally just so somebody can rent it on Game Pass? Like you're not building a library which creates loyalty. So that's why I think it's inevitable that these first four games go. They look at the ROI and then they start moving other titles because it's like the, the, the old playbook of using exclusives to drive people to your box and to get people to stay. Game Pass has absolutely poured acid on that strategy because you are not building a library, which means it's really easy to say, I'll go somewhere else. And once they go somewhere else and start building up that digital library, whether it's PC with Steam or PlayStation, you've lost that customer. They're not coming back. Yeah. I don't know if that's true though, because if PlayStation did it, people would stay in the ecosystem because it's like literally, like literally, we get Rise of the Ronin in March, and then we get Stellar Blade in April. Like there's a cadence, and and we sorry, we get Final Fantasy VII this month. So Final Fantasy VII in February, Rise of the Ronin in March, Stellar Blade in April. Like Xbox Hell has divers. never even, divers, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, Xbox has never even remotely approached that cadence ever. Like so, yeah. Of course, game. If, but if those if are all third parties. Well, no, to like your the, point, if there's yeah. three games that I play on Game Pass that are that are exclusives because they're part of the Xbox Game Studios, you know, ecosystem or whatever. Yeah, I play those three games and then I walk away. But if you just keep hitting me with value and value and value and good games, premium experiences, quality, quality eights and nines and eights and nines. Like Phil is wrong. Like if they made nines and tens, people would be involved with Xbox. No, they but wouldn't. they don't make nines and tens. They make sevens and eights. Nobody gonna move or do anything for a seven and eight. And yeah, they go play the seven or the eight, and then they cancel their Game Pass because they can go back to their PlayStation and play good games. Better they can play Spider Man on PlayStation. They can play God of War, Ragnarok, Valhalla for free if you already have the game. They can play Death Stranding two, best looking game you've ever seen in your life on a console. Like that. Like of course they're gonna stay. Like Xbox is a detour like xbox is like you know what honey let's not go out for that restaurant that we really like and we always go to on date night let's go for for chinese or for italian or whatever let's go to Whoa. some other place that we're, we're gonna go to i'm, I'm not not gonna time food i love me some italian food now Just but like let's go somewhere else let's take, let's take a <laughs> let's take a detour you know let's go to that that asian fusion place or like whatever and then they go there and you eat it and they're like mm, that was good that was good that was good and then you don't go back there for like three months like that's what xbox is it's just a sideshow that's what nintendo is too like you just check in with yeah, nintendo every what six yeah. what uh, yeah yeah. Oh, you, you're playing. You're playing all your third party. You're playing Stellar Game, uh, Stellar Blade on on uh, Switch. I don't need to. I what, I'm what playing that Prin Princess Peach. Princess Showtime. Peach Showdown, baby. Let's go. Let's go, Princess Peach Showdown. It is. Yeah. It so it. Again, that's an interesting point, Lono, about Game Pass, the ease of leaving. But I still think that again, even with that factor, whatever that breakdown is, the if you buy Diablo Four on your PlayStation. Microsoft's making money, right? If you buy Call of Duty on your PlayStation yep. or your PC. So again, their business is what they care about. And whether Game Pass is 30% of that revenue and cloud streaming is 10%, cloud streaming could survive being 5% or less probably because they have so much ways to subsidize it since that architecture is already being used for so many other aspects of their 
core offerings and services and subscriptions. I just don't think they see themselves as a PlayStation does. And no one's kind of sees themselves as a Nintendo. Nintendo does their own thing with technology. Nintendo themselves has said, we don't see ourselves as a tech company. We see ourselves as a toy company. Mm-hmm. And that's why they'll take what they call Gun- Gunpei Yokoi coined this when they made the Game Boy. But they say lateral thinking with technology, weather technology, meaning technology that's been around, it's been proven, and it's affordable. But let's use it in a new, innovative way. Yep. That's why Nintendo continues to have a lot of success consistently, let's not talk about the Wii U, uh, but I think it's still sold more than the Asus ROG Ally. But it does that because it sells it at an affordable price point. It sells something that everyone could experience. The Switch didn't need to have 4K. Less than like 40% of people had a 4K at that point in time. And I think just over 50% Mm -hmm. have it now. Like Nintendo does its own thing and they don't really have to worry, I think, too much about anyone else. And I think Xbox is trying to pivot themselves as their own thing too. And that very well may be 30 years from now, they're not making consoles. I don't know, but they're not going away as a, as a gaming business at this point. Well, they just in here. Like, are, are, so we, is Xbox or is Microsoft in gaming? Are they just here just to exist? Yeah. I mean, they're they making just, lots of money from exist. gaming. Well, Phil Spencer sees their relevancy as a company tied to gaming. And I, I kind of think he's right. Like, I think as great gaming continues to grow and become more endemic to daily life, like mm-hmm. it's just a part of what we do. It's on yeah. cell phones. I think, again, they want to see that the TV inroad and, you know, the, the, the PC potential growth for that market. We, we see other companies, PlayStation's like, hey, we're going to look more into PC. Now, people are twisting it and saying, oh, they're going to go day and date. Maybe by the time Spider-Man 3 comes out, they'll do day and date because at that point in time, they've established that digital library loyalty with all the PS5 owners. And there's no risk in somebody being like, well, I'm I'm going to switch to PC for Spider-Man 3. I don't think that would happen. And they're seeing that revenue and saying, we need to go over there because that's a big market. That's a big place to go make money. So I think Microsoft sees that relevancy in gaming being intertwined with cloud and with that we're going to be everywhere. Satya said, like, we are everywhere. That's the goal of mm-hmm. Microsoft. Gaming is an arm of that. And that's how they maintain their relevancy in the market. That's why it was kind of easy to believe they were going to change it to Microsoft gaming. I don't think they will. But I'm like, that's so Microsoft to be like, you're not Xbox anymore. You're Microsoft, Microsoft gaming. Yeah. Like the ego of their corporate yeah. thinking. And, and I think that's how they look at gaming that's why they've not been good at creative because they're good at software software is not creative it's utilitarian Mm -hmm. and i think that's why a lot of their policies with contracts and the fact that a lot of their great games they bought them right they don't they don't foster creative with look at what they've let look at what they allowed happen to 343 and halo yeah. I said yesterday, they should have treated Halo like a Fabergé egg. They should have held it with reverence yeah. and protected it and funneled money and studios at it. And instead, Preach, Lono. They, Preach, let the, Lono. they let the multiplayer launch in a beta. And it's like, what? That's not how like you a year, a beta product. for a year. Right. Imagine yeah. if Nintendo did that with one of their big properties. Or imagine if God of War Horizon came out and was just a buggy disaster mess. And we learned that half the studio was on contract and leaving. We'd be angry. We'd be like, why would you treat your big, big, valuable property that way. That's, That's why what I was factions, mad about the last... That's what Factions was, was going to be. 
That's right. why they cut well, it. Because it's, it's damage control. It's brand protection. The Last yeah. of Us yeah. port to PC. I took him to task for that. I'm like, this is not how you treat your property, PlayStation. This is embarrassing. Wait, where's the ownership? They were trying to capitalize on the popularity of the TV show. That was a giant mistake. And I can't see PlayStation making that mistake again. That's why they canceled factions. But Xbox is just happy to launch Forza Motorsport before it's ready. And the user scores are abysmal because of it. And it's just like, that's my concern. It's like, they own a lot of property and they don't handle it very well. And if they want to start doing this, like taking property over to PlayStation, they better wait a year because they're going to have to get the games in better state if they want to do it. Yeah, I could easily see Xbox ruining all this IP. Like, let me let me I don't want that. And I don't think that's what's going to happen. But to your point, Lono, that is a good point. Like culture wise, they've not yet figured out how to maintain that creative ideal that you need in software development separate from game development. And and Sony does that great. Sony has that culture nintendo has that culture nintendo passes on a culture they got tons of tradition there too microsoft needs to figure that out but the weird thing is is they're such a behemoth even if they don't if call of duty puts out the same call of duty for the next 20 years that's probably going to make money right and it, it is one of those things where people like they they it's a double-edged sword their position they don't necessarily have to prioritize quality or innovation as much as they have to just let's let's use our existing infrastructure and get our stuff everywhere that is cloud and all that stuff which is innovative but nothing what you're probably going to see from a nintendo or sony from games or hardware moving forward specifically it's it's not foolproof because you know whether you like bobby kotick or not right with what's going on over there they were cranking these games out and these games were good games you know and, and they kept the revenue coming in and they switched it up and now we've had the, pretty much the heads of all of those studios have left with all of the, a lot of those developers and stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how Call of Duty maintains over the next iteration or two. But hopefully oh, they're all leaving with big they, old fat paychecks because they yeah, you know, had pair, well not just parachutes, but also like the develop like stock options. And all of a sudden you just you just got a big old check, especially if you've been taking a part of that. And then you as a developer who says, Absolutely. "Now I got the money." that I want to go make the game that I want. I've always wanted to make, but it couldn't like that. That's where I think we see Immortals innovation. Immortals of Avium. Ah, bounds. I don't, I, I don't know why, if anybody was thinking that those games are going to be good. Cause it's just like, okay, <laughs> I'll just, I'm going to be over here playing fun games. Well, I'll be honest. It's, it's, I, sometimes I ask myself that about developers too. It's like, are you paying attention to the market, to what gamers are actually wanting to play and stuff like that? Or are you just making a game that you think that they might want? It depends on publishers. Well, Go ahead, Lona. We forget I how long it say, takes to make games. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Like, I think people look at Kill the Justice League and they forget, yeah. like, that game was in development for a really long time. And if it would have dropped at, like, you know, 2019 at the height of Fortnite, people would have been like, this Ooh. is awesome. Well, I also think if it would have been built by Gearbox, people would be worshiping it instead of shredding it because they're like, this isn't what we wanted from Rocksteady. Like, if that was yeah. a Gearbox game, it would be reviewed completely differently. But that's a whole side. Well, Gearbox would have made that game better, too, because they're really good at looter shooters. Well, so, people would have expected the loot table to grind and the simplicity of it they wouldn't have expected like you know the rock steady you know yeah. impact system and combat system same thing with bioware and anthem i, I get where you're going the with point that. being that the trends change so fast i said it last night everybody's trying to jump on extraction pvpve everybody's adding that to their game and like that's the next trend and guess what you're going to oversaturate the market yep. there'll be yep. two or three gold star games that rise and everybody else will die and mm -hmm. that's the problem with trend chasing like when you look and you're like well this is what the market 
is doing. Let's do that. I think that's what The Last of Us Online did. I think they said, we can do that. Our mode is so good and successful. We can go out in the market and do what Fortnite's doing. And as time went on, it was like Bungie took one look at it and said, you don't know what it takes to maintain an ongoing live service game. And that's why the Helldivers devs are right now scrambling to hire more people because they went way past expectations. Sony buys them before the summer. Write it down. I guarantee they're going to scoop them up and and give them the funding they need because that game can go places. I think it's Mm -hmm. got massive potential. And, And there's no PvP. Down there, don't, and they don't I want think, to add PvP. Like, I think people are already exhausted with PvP, ex- with a PVE elements, extraction shooters. Like, I don't think people gonna, want a lot more games. I'm going like to push that. back on that. There's no PvP. Uh, this is one of my like pet peeves within gaming. PvP doesn't necessarily mean me shooting at you. It's some form of competition, and they give you stats at the end of it, like Smash Brothers, right? So it's like who got the most kills, oh, that's bragging not rights, PvP, yeah, and that's called you competition. You can still compete against each other. That's what the Whatever. devs call it. The Suicide right, Squad Whatever. has the same thing. Nah, PvP I, means competitive. I know what it means, but I'm saying that you don't need that when you also have the any kind of competitive element brought in. And so I always kind of say, yeah, I, I would I would define that still in a way of PvP. Who could perform the best? who can do this and that and more and because the game tracks your stats for me as somebody who's a baseball nerd like i'm like i'm all about it it doesn't have to be like you know like oh a real like real you know fist grinder it usually is more like funny and fun like oh man did you see i got the most team kills uh not sorry (laughs) you know it's like (laughs) it's it's an interesting point to talk about the innovation in gaming and where it's going to come from and i think i think that's why Arrowhead has 100 employees, a company that size, that's where you're going to see an innovative game that impresses and doesn't chase the trends. Because all these larger companies like the Activision's, a Warner Brother owned developer, there's so many internal incentives to push after these trends. They have giant staffs, they have giant teams, and they have to go all out on these things. And it does take a longer time. And Reggie fils me, I think, said this a few months ago, too, is that you're going to see the innovation from the teams. All these these fat checks for that all that stuff they're going to leave they're, they're going to leave and then they're going to probably start their own dev firms too that are smaller and they're going to be able to work on that passion project and create something yeah. new and innovative as well so there is a benefit to that but yeah i mean i don't understand how the heck you call skull and bones a quad a game this seems like like what is i don't at first I was like oh they're doing something really unique let me Guys, see what it is. we have a podcast monday stuff yeah, well, that's why you should never you should never get drunk and do an interview because that's the only way that's I believe that you said that. Like, yeah. why would you say that sentence? You know, that's just a joke. Like a quad well, A game. It's the like, same Ubisoft thing. It's is a same. joke. Did you watch their hey, Summer Games Fest? Pre- pre- I love. I love. I love them. I'm part of. I'm part They're of the program. Back. They're coming. I'm part back. of the program. I love Ubisoft. I am. A, I am a memeable. Ubisoft fan. I'm I'm like I'm not a pony or an Xbox. In general, but yeah, I, exactly. Well, this whole podcast proves that, right, Lona? I think but I think it, Ubisoft's having a comeback, man. Prince of Persia, that Star yes, Wars that long. Yes, okay. I'm just saying Red their messaging oh, is Oh yeah, don't let him do it. That was a <laughs> it's I, rough, dude. Why did like in him? the best way. Like I loved that yeah. conference. That conference reeked of like Mr. Caffeine era. E3 of them just being like, you you want to drive in the in the Lamborghini? Like, 
with Motorfest and then just like the way they showed off Star Wars and dude, I love Ubisoft yeah. and it's for all the wrong reasons. I, I yeah, want they're coming back. I want I want to give everybody an opportunity if there's anything that they want to kind of talk about because we are over kind of we usually shoot for these to yeah. be an hour and we're a little bit over that. So I do apologize to everybody here on the panel in case they have to get out of here. But as a, just kind of a final way to put a hat on today, I'd like everybody to have the the opportunity to say anything that's come to mind or maybe something they want to. Uh, you know, add on to. So let's start with Kirk. <laughs> I, didn't, um, I I hadn't called I on mean, you, you guys... first at all in this entire show. And I was like, I want to yeah, try to I be. I, well, I, but I've been interjecting and obnoxious. So I don't really know that I need anything to, to say anything else. I mean, I, I've I've made it clear where I stand. I, I don't think that I like like M- Mark talked about it earlier. Like Nintendo takes proven industry areas, innovates, thinks laterally expands on what they know will already work, what already has a proof of concept, and then they do like a little twist on it or something that makes it unique, makes it enticing and appealing to the market. And like, that's where they find their success. And then PlayStation, they have a strategy, they have a methodology, they have a product and a brand that they continue to deliver upon year after year. That's the stalwart of gaming right now is is the PlayStation brand and the PlayStation console and the games that are on that platform. So those two are occupying those two different spaces and they're both crushing it in both those two spaces. And Xbox is scrambling to try and figure out where, where they can find ground. What's the space that they can occupy? And they haven't found it yet. They haven't found it since the launch of the Xbox One. And so they're continuing to say, oh, it's going to be this. It's going to be, we're going to buy the biggest maker of most successful maker of games on mobile king we're gonna buy them and we're gonna improve our cloud and we're gonna you know put our 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 platform on television so what i mean like great okay maybe one of those works maybe they get lucky i'm not gonna sit here and say they're they're destined to fail and there's no way that they couldn't blow up like that's that's tech right like that's silicon valley eventually somebody makes the app eventually somebody has the idea that blows up and you know tiktok for example you know we had vine as a precursor to that tiktok is now you know instagram and and youtube are scrambling to try and keep up with tiktok and, and innovate to copy tiktok you know tiktok was a new idea and a new app and a new platform so like if xbox gets lightning in a bottle with one of these ideas, great. But they have a track record of trying stuff and it not working. And I'm not going to bet on or place any stock in anything that they're going to try in the next five or more years until I see actual results because there have been no it's, actual results. It's good that they try, though. Like, because that's one of the things that when it comes down to it, like Nintendo, you tried. You tried. At least you tried. As opposed to like, when people, when I hear a lot of gamers complain about the state of game, like, oh, it's just like the big companies, the AAAs are just doing the, like the safest possible route. It's like Nintendo's out there like, we're just going to turn motion controls on and see what happens. And then everybody tries to copy it. And then it's like, okay. But uh, J-Dub, what do, what do you think? I will say this. There is, there's a large number of people out there that Microsoft caters to. And a lot of those people, they will take away different things from the, from this podcast that they had today. There's a lot of people out there that want to be lied to. They want to be led astray. They want to be validated to make, you know, they, they, they want to be validated with their years of waiting for greatness and waiting for good things. They want, they want to be comforted in that. Now today, I think Phil, with all the spinning that they did, there are some people going to say, yeah, this is, this is what we wanted. And thank you, Phil. And they're going to take away totally different set of circumstances that we talked about today. And guess what? 
to those people, kudos to them. Let, let them, God bless their souls, let them do that. <laughs> but to, to everybody else, we've been lied to enough. You know, like they say, the first time, you know, shame on you. The next time, shame on me. And then on and on and on. And, and I think we just, we've seen this rabbit hole go down so many times. We're able to, we don't have the filters on. We, we, we get to see the BS. We get to actually read the fine line and see exactly what was said. And, and we talked about that today. Anyway, you guys can catch me on uh, Twitter at JDubCity16. And I'll try, try to keep you guys laughing, you know what I'm saying, with, with some of my banter. JDub Fake News City. <laughs> Decides. <laughs> Lodo. I just come at this with the ongoing trajectory as a guy that entered this gen excited as an Xbox fan, I bought the Series X first. And if I watch that show back and think about it back as an Xbox fan, they gave me zero confidence in the brand going forward, delivering anything I was hoping for. They've admitted that, yet we're going to put put four titles somewhere else with the possibility of more. And then they just basically just puked out a bunch of the same talking points that they've said for years and then dangled the, oh, well, there's going to be this this big, huge technical leap in the next-gen hardware, which just continues the meme of wait until, you know, yeah, wait until, you know, wait until things get better. As a Series X owner, as somebody that thought that, you know, they're really going to come out here and speak with clarity, I think it lacked clarity. I think, like Jay said, I think a lot of the main the big-time, fully-committed Xbox guys, this is just enough to put them back in the saddle and to say, yep, we're, we're on Team Xbox. You guys aren't getting Starfield like they said, just enough. And that's why I always say, it's not what Phil says, it's what he doesn't say. If you really listen carefully, and then he goes and does these interviews with you know Verge and everywhere else, and it's just like, it's very, very clear. Microsoft is the captain now. And Phil and Sarah and Booty, they seem like great people. They're, they're real sharp, and I think Phil kept them in the fight. I got respect for that guy for keeping Xbox in the fight all these years, but I think Microsoft walked in the room and said, we're the captain now, and this is phase one, and I believe there will be a phase two, and I believe a lot of the big titles will move. I, I definitely think Blade is already probably slated to be multi-plat. I don't think yeah. that there's... They, the, they refused They refused to even acknowledge... Yeah, they won't address the, it. It's like They won't address the conversation conversation on so many of those titles and it's my biggest hope is that they do decide to do something with handheld because i do think that's a compelling offer from microsoft that would make me be like oh i want to get xbox hardware again because right now after what happened with series x and again she said technical leap and i'm like i don't know what that could mean i i hope it's a, a powerhouse i hope they leave behind the two-tiered system with the s i just thought that that's just been so not helpful and i think devs are going to continue to look at that at a point i wanted to make when i was talking about nobody's building a digital library on xbox Third-party developers are going to think about that. You have a culture that doesn't build a library. They use a service. And it's like, do you really want to build games for over there? I think third-party devs are going to look at this messaging and look at this pattern and say, what, what, what are we investing in over there if we build a game for over there? What's the point? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem like this concrete value offer of power and next-gen. It's this weird, nebulous thing. I think the PS5 Pro is going to be very winsome to devs and it's going to really turn the tide in the third party war. And that's where you're going to see, like you said, games like grand blue and stuff, just inadvertent exclusives will continue. I think going forward. Mark, that's, that's why this guy's a okay. professional. 
<laughs> yeah, the, you, you know, every every bit of that. Yeah, that's why this guy gets paid the big bucks. There you yeah, go. Yeah, I, I I second all of that for sure. Yeah. Well, for me to be clear, I am not team Xbox or PlayStation. I sold my Xbox because I just wasn't using it, but I did like it. I was impressed by the backwards compatibility. I'm team Princess Peach for sure. <laughs> but no, I mean, Super Mario Wonder, Super Mario RPG. Great. Come on, yeah. guys. Oh, yeah, it's wonderful. There is a cadence on Nintendo. Absolutely. Yeah. So to, to Lono's point about Microsoft being captain, I feel like that was always the case, right? And Phil Spencer did put up a good fight. He did put up a good fight to try to make gaming more than what it was at Microsoft. I just don't see in the long run that truly changing anything. Handheld would be really cool, but I think there's two ways they could go about it. They could go about it the way they are, where they're just letting other OEMs make devices. And REG, I, t- I tested that ally. It was cool, but Windows sucks on a handheld device right now. So mm-hmm. if, if they don't if they don't improve that with some type of better mobile Windows experience, that's going to fail. Maybe they enter it themselves with some other device. That could happen. I'd be surprised, but I would definitely try it out for sure. So, I mean, long run is I don't think Xbox consoles are going to blow out anyone in the future, but I would still probably buy Microsoft stock too, knowing that a lot of that is going to come from other aspects, but their business is going to be around for a long time. And to the comment about Blade, I mean, honestly, I'd say I hope Blade is multi-platform for the sake of that game. Because one, I love Blade. I hope it's a good game. And I'm a game developer myself. I want game developers to succeed. And the reality is, is locking yourself into a platform not a lot of people are playing is always is poor as well. So I mean, those are my two cents. Nothing surprised me out of this at all. And I do think it was a complete waste of time. Not this podcast. But that interview, <laughs> I, uh, I I echo that I felt like that it was a 22 minute nothing burger that I was the worst case scenario for them. Again, four vague games that now we can speculate on what they might be. And then the like, of course, people are going to say, well, if they brought these four, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? What I was wanting from this, because I am actually I believe in their vision about games everywhere. I think they're thinking of it and the future in the right way with the right tech and just basically saying like, hey, every screen is an Xbox. OK, cool. Like, every like, why not? Like, that's the same thing. Like if PlayStation Portal said, hey, we're going to let you have your GeForce now on this, it becomes an instant buy uh, device for me. But I'm not in the market for single use, you know, products anymore because I don't have that, you know, that need. I already have something that does those things. I think the PlayStation Portal would be a better device to do the things that I wanted to do, but it still is limited. But all that being said, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Xbox from here on out, because I don't think Xbox fans got anything that they really wanted. And if they did, I would really lean into the copium kind of aspect from a technological perspective. I think, yes, they weren't going to leave the console market, but what is a console for them in this next technical leap i think we got a lot of pr and a big nothing burger and i honestly yeah i felt like i wasted my time and at the same time then going back to colt eastwood's you know like shocking face and all that like all these little things of hopium that have been you know on the internet i was like yeah that was like i said what's the worst case scenario and then while watching it, i go oh this is the yeah this is that worst case scenario that i thought that they would do they'd get up here they wouldn't really be clear it's could you know they have confusing messaging and they look defeated And I think that's just going to accelerate this into whatever Summer Games Fest tends to be. And I think that's going to be the next kind of check-in point, truly. Like, yes, maybe the Nintendo Direct's next week and they get, uh, you know, Hi-Fi Rush or whatever, which would be great. Bring it. Like, I want, that's what I want. However, I think essentially today was a big 
waste of time. <laughs> Not this podcast. They didn't solidify <laughs> any any confidence in the brand. They didn't they didn't shoot back across the bow. Like like Phil's statement about no, it's not Indiana Jones or Starfield. Like that was it. Out of that entire 22 minute podcast, like there was nothing else that was noteworthy or really worth talking about. I commend all four of you gentlemen for us being able to actually make some content out of that because there was just absolutely nothing there. So, yeah, like I just there's I think that you're right, Brian. That's the worst case scenario. Like, even if they just said something bold and crazy and they said, yep, a third party, everything, you know, like that would have been almost better if you had something to say, like you were bringing something to table with a bold new vision. Instead, they were just like, yeah, we have nothing, nothing to say, nothing to offer. We're not restoring any confidence. We're not restoring, you know, what our brand messaging and vision is beyond lip service and vagaries and PR speak. Yeah, see you guys whenever we talk next, and nothing about the community losing their minds has been resolved by this 20-minute or so conversation about random, vague stuff, and, oh, yeah, you guys are going to get Diablo, so forget about all this, please. Go <laughs> please, play Diablo. Don't look at the man behind the curtain. Yeah. Don't look at the man behind the curtain. I will agree with Prout that I am on Team Lasagna, uh, as opposed to Team Xbox or Team PlayStation. I think Lasagna is always a good choice, and I like that they put that in chat, so thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks uh, to the panel for coming in together and uh, and giving me some of their time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks to chat spending their time with us today. We're going to wrap up, and I'm going to dismiss these guys, and we thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in, listening, hitting that like button, and hopefully you'll leave a comment or two on the VOD. But outside of that, see you next time. Epic Radio.